Wicked Chronic in Natick, Massachusetts is a brand new and unique store, boutique-styled retail shop that focuses on selling counterculture products where Wicked and cannabis cultures come together for a rather unique atmosphere. They are located on 185 Worcester Street, right next to Subway and Hertz Rental Car, and their hours of operation are Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m., and they can be contacted at 508-545-8105. They are closed on Sundays, and you can also reach them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Google+. the official Hack Slash Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Chris, and joining me for this episode covering Hot Tub, uh, sorry, Tub Club, excuse me, Tub Club Part 3, we have with me Jeff Bone, who works on the Hack Slash, uh, dot com, uh, sorry, the Hack Slash Inc. at Twitter, as well as being a former member of Devil's Do Press and worked in uh, worked with Tim Seeley. Thank you for coming on the show with us, Jeff. Hey, what's up? I actually didn't work for Devil Do directly, but I worked alongside with them on a couple of projects. Working alongside them, so you were like a freelancer. Uh, not even a freelancer. I would help them out with things, and they would hook me up with stuff. Cool. Stuff is always fantastic. And what do you do these days? Uh, currently have a normal full-time job, and then occasionally work on the hack slashing Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, whatever I feel like posting on. And, of course, this is uh, we just ended the 15th the uh, anniversary of Hackslash. Uh, what did you think of the anniversary special that came out? Well, I loved it because my name was on it, and I was a character in it, so I was pretty excited about that. It's neat to see my name on the stands when I go to a comic book store. That is always very, very fun. We're still in the beginning of the Devil's Due Press original run of Hackslash. Uh, overall, do you have any thoughts and opinions about the first volume entirety of, uh, of Hackslash? Um, with the, when the series started, it was neat to see all the characters come back together that he had started with all the different one shots to see it all kind of gel together and move forward with a actually continuing story. It was really nice to see that. And now we're going to jump right on to the last part of Tub Club, which was this, uh, rather interesting, uh, Elizabeth Bathory kind of style story that Tim had for Cassie and Vlad. And to uh, give us a plot synopsis, Jeff has it for us. All right. Girl fights night. Cassie finally comes face-to-face with the slasher that's killing nubile college girls. And it's a real beauty. The past comes back to haunt as a familiar and unwanted face returns. Can Cassie defeat this horrible threat in time for the all-girl hot tub bikini party? You have the, uh, you have the uh, 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 credits for the issue as well. Yeah, we've got that. Um, we've got written by Tim Seeley, art by Rebecca Isaacs, colors by Andrew Dahlhaus, letters by Crank, designed by Sean K. Dove, edits by Mike Sullivan. We've got cover A by Tim Seeley and Wes Zioba, and cover B by Emily Stone. And the issue opens up in Brookline, Massachusetts, which I happen to know a little something about, which is right in my backyard. 
Um, Cassie gets into a girl fight with, I believe that is Amber, correct? I think her name was Amber Bennett, yes. Uh, Amber Bennett, and she immediately, Cassie immediately pulls on Amber's uh, tank top, ripping it like something out of a cat fight in a uh, in a girl slash in a in a slasher movie that you would see. And then we find that there's a dead body in the shower. Oh, okay. She runs right into the hallway, and then yeah, okay. So all right, so she runs into the hallway, and that's where they find the dead body from the previous issue. Uh, Chastity was killed. Are there any like horror references in Brookline? The only thing that I saw was they run a 12-hour movie horror marathon every winter or every uh, Halloween. Not that I'm aware of. Um, I looked that up previously, and I couldn't find anything major about Brookline to have any kind of uh, horrific stories, other than you know it's it's um, it's near West Roxbury, which is not a great part of uh, Massachusetts. It's in Norfolk County. But other than that, there is no like major horror elements of Brookline, Massachusetts. Seems like a lot of famous people came from there, but a lot of politicians and Kennedys and things like that. Yeah, there's also uh, spooky. Uh, there's uh, there's supposedly ghost stories involving in Brookline and ghost sightings, but honestly, that's like anywhere in the world. I'm sure there's every town has some like ghost story or something, but nothing to do with any of the college, you know, any colleges or anything like that. Also, there's supposedly some UFO sightings as well. And there is actually no Franco Bell University, correct? Correct. There is no Franco Bell University that was created for the comic book. Uh, this military group shows up now. Why do you think this military group is never used again? I'm not sure. Sometimes characters pop in and pop out. We never see them again. And sometimes, like Linda Marsh, she pops in and then pops in 40 issues later. Right. I mean, at least the um, of the military guys, the African American guy, points out that she, that he knows uh, Jack uh, Jack Hack. Yeah, it sends her on that path a little bit. Right. Her father, uh, which is the story that will involve a reanimator, uh, which we'll be getting to later this year. And Delilah Hack, in a very reanimator-esque type story, too. Then we switch down below to where the hot tub is happening and all of the lesbian action that ensues. There's an all-girl hot tub bikini party. What do you think the discretion was to have Tim... What do you think Tim's discretion was uh, to keep all of the girls in the hot tub at least partially clothed in their bikinis and stuff? No idea. I know we get some breasts later in the issue, but not sure why. What the line is for a mature readers comic? It is mature readers listed on the cover, so I don't know why. Sometimes, sometimes they do, and sometimes they don't. Um, same thing with um, speaking of Rebecca Isaacs, the artist of the issue, and she's currently working with Tim on Money Shot, and so they kind of pick and choose there as well. Right, but there's definitely nudity in Money Shot because it's about a porno being made in space. So Rebecca is not afraid of nudity. There is some in this issue as well. A little bit right toward the end. We get some breasts from the monster at the end. Uh, the team goes with Cassie into the tunnels just as the girls are being sacrificed or ripped apart. And this is something out of almost any type of like Cronenberg-style body horror movie but just as well uh, reminding me more of Reanimator, not Reanimator, excuse me, but uh, have you ever seen the movie From Beyond? Uh, I have not, no. From Beyond is based on the H.P. Lovecraft story of the same name, also stars Jeffrey Combe and Barbara Crampton, who are, of course, in Reanimator, and just the sludgy body horror imagery of this woman, her body made of like a giant snake-like tentacle, but it's all the skins of all the other girls, because you can see their faces. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, definitely. Um... 
have you seen uh, the movie Solo? Uh, the Star Wars Solo? Yeah. Yes. So you remember the um, the giant snake woman that Solo and uh, Khaleesi, I forget her name in the movie, but <laughs> Khaleesi from Game of Thrones uh, was Solo's girlfriend in Solo. Sarah Clark, uh, she uh, the, the the giant worm like creature reminds me of like the bottom half of this uh, woman. Oh yeah, definitely. It is again funny to see uh, Vlad using a gun, but he doesn't use it like the way you think or whatever, as he uses it like a blunt instrument and not actually to shoot somebody. You know, maybe he's out of bullets, like the old Superman where they shoot him and then throw the gun at him. For the Christmas little story that was in the omnibus, uh, Tim said that they weren't the rules weren't really established yet about whether or not. Cassie and Vlad were going to use guns like the way normal people do, kind of like the way Batman would use a gun in the very beginning of his run uh, back in the 30s. That makes sense. And then the uh, one of the soldiers dies and gives Vlad a note and says, Howard Phillips, Hellgate Road, uh, which is supposed to be, I guess, the um, location of Cassie's dad. Howard Phillips was also the name of H.P. Lovecraft. Ah, nice. I think that was a bit of foreshadowing that the reanimator was coming up, which makes sense. I would not have caught that one. The ripping off of the girl's flesh, I can't think of a horror movie that that reminds me of, can you? Uh, not off the top of my head, no. But I do, I, I do think of uh, like House of Wax, where she takes a strike at the guy's face and the face completely comes off. I can see that. Then we move over to uh, Cassie and uh, the girl having a fight underwater, um, and then they move, and then, then she resurfaces in the hot tub itself with all of the dead victims around. And of course, the uh, the nurse with uh, previous episodes, my guests agree that this is probably Velma all grown up. Yeah, there are a couple Scooby Doo references in this issue as well. They mentioned the Great Howling Apparition of Spanish Cove. That seemed like a Scooby Doo reference there. The way this uh, the what 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 is the name of the um, of our villain in this issue? It is Emily Christie, who is Mrs. America, who is now is it Auroras? Something like that. The way she dies uh, with her flesh being ripped off her face, her bone like skin underneath, and then getting impaled on the giant uh, was that a stalactite uh, stick? Uh, stalagmite. They might reach the ceiling. Like tights hold tight to the top. Right. Okay. Slagmite by Vlad. Uh, it's got to be one of the. More, this has to be up to this point one of the more gruesome, gruesome issues of the entire run at this point. Yeah, it looks like it kind of goes right through her lower crotch area too. But the fact that she flays those girls alive that are having their lesbian orgy in the tub and then makes a like a a snake like skin suit out of them. Yep. Definitely pretty severe. It. It's it's definitely one of those just unbelievable kind of uh, 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 more grotesque um, depictions of horror than we've seen up to this point, um, which is fantastic, and I love to see it. And Rebecca Isaac's art really brings it to life a lot. Oh, here's the other Scooby-Doo reference. They would have gotten away with it, too, if it wasn't for that pesky nurse. <laughs> Vlad tells Cassie to call Georgia, and she decides not to. It's time for a Slapjack rematch. But Georgia will come back up later on. Um, I do hope one day we get to see Georgia again, as well as that baby. It's been a little while since we've seen him. Yeah, we've got that baby. We've got um, Aki still hanging out there somewhere that we haven't heard anything of since uh, Sam Hain. Um There's a couple loose ends that are hanging out there and interesting and wonder when they're going to turn back up. Did you happen to see the new movie Black Christmas? Uh, no, I've not seen the new one. I just watched the old one the other day when I was on Joe Bob's 
Oh, right. He did a uh, movie marathon on Shudder. Uh, was that the original from the 70s? Uh, yes, it was. Okay, with uh, Margot Kidder of Superman fame. I, yep. saw, I saw the new one. It was trying to be this like anti-Trump, very heavy feminist versus um, toxic male masculinity kind of movie. It didn't come across that well. I mean, there are a number of horror movies that take place at college. It's just we happen to be reviewing this issue right at the time a new horror movie in college t- has come out, Black Christmas. It's not that great. I don't recommend it. I recommend going to watch the original or even the, it, this just made the 2006 uh, remake better by the comparison. And that had all sorts of icky incest stuff in it. Yeah, I haven't heard anything. I haven't heard much good on the new one, so. I'll see if I can find it for free eventually. How can you all, uh, do you know how you can always tell a comic book, a video game, a movie, a book, is uh, how, how dated they are? Not sure, no. Technology. What, what type of phone does Cassie have? <laughs> nice little flip phone, yeah, nice definitely. <laughs> so this is what, 2008? Are we still in 2008 when this issue came out? Uh, yeah, February 2008. Okay. <laughs> what were you doing in 2008 at this time? No clue. Probably my daughter would have been six, so probably doing something with her. My son was about two. I was working as a. Uh, I was working in loss prevention. My wife and I were still married, so we were living in uh, Lemonster. That sounds very familiar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, flash forward many years later, I just had a birthday. Much older, single. My kid's now thirteen. Mine is 17 and ready to be an adult. Oh, boy. Has she been introduced to uh, Hackslash? Yeah, she has. Um, she's met Tim a few times. Um, like Tim and Mike and the guys from Five Star have kind of seen her grow up over the years. So it's kind of neat whenever she shows up and looks almost like an adult now. Do you have the floppy with you or are you, are you reading this digitally? I've got the floppy with me. Um, otherwise, also an Omnibus 2 or the fourth trade paperback, Revenge of the Return. Um, for ads, are you looking for ads? Yeah, because it's also the other thing that also dates a comic book is the video game. Anything, what 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 pop culture references in the comic book to date the comic book? You know what I mean? Like an ad for right. a movie or a video game. Yeah, we've still got the slated to be a major motion picture from Rogue Studios on the cover. <laughs> so we've got that. Um, we've got an ad for CGC for GI Joe America's Elite number ten or uh, uh, ten number twenty nine. And then we've got an ad for Pogrom, which I don't remember coming from Devil's Do at all, but that had Josh Meador as art, who did um, the Jaws story in the trailers, and who has passed away since then. Um, we've got an ad for Drafted, we've got an ad for Halloween Night Dance, Spooks, and then the Hackslash issue 10 with the hands on the, the children's hands on the face. Halloween Night Dance, that was written by Tim, right? Yep. I couldn't. Th- I probably can't think of anyone else at the time to write a Halloween book. It's just too bad we never got to see uh, any of them. The last one completed, which was like the many deaths of Laurie Strode. Okay, yeah. What's funny? I was a big fan. Big fan of Spooks too, as a fun military um, supernatural book. Right, and I had, some of the art on that as well. I had seen that, but I've never actually read it. Maybe I can find it in trade paperback. There's a couple of trades that are pretty cheap if you can find them. What did you think of the Hot Tub Trilogy overall? It was neat to see something come out of trailers and be um, fleshed out into a full story. Nice to see Cassie explore her sexuality a little bit um, and kind of have like the overly sleazy horror kind of story that hasn't really happened so far up to that point. 
Someone said Cassie is more of a lesbian than being bisexual, and I said that's kind of true, but she definitely has some interest in men, having slept with the uh, Pumpkinhead Man, and uh, or not Pumpkinhead Man, uh, what is that? that's actually a different character, excuse me, Sam Hain, and yep. Ash from The Evil Dead. Yeah, but Ash was more of a trying to get to get something accomplished. <laughs> did you hear that there's an Evil Dead movie coming to Netflix? I did not know that, no. Yes, apparently there's an Evil Dead movie coming to Netflix that's supposed to tie into the Evil Dead TV series. Ah, interesting. Yeah, so we'll see how that all works out. Well, Jeff, I appreciate you coming on to talk about this, uh, the final part of this uh, hack slash little trilogy story that we uh, that I that that uh, started with issues seven, eight, and nine. Um, this issue actually went by pretty quick. I feel as though like the uh, sometimes there's a lot of pacing in the issue, which is good. It's very wordy to build up exposition, and there's like one kill. But this issue was mostly action, and it kind of flies by. Yeah, pretty much straight up action to complete the complete the story. So it seemed like it was a good time for it. Absolutely, absolutely. Why don't you give away how people can find you on Twitter? They're big fans of Hackslash. I'm at Hackslash Inc. Uh, Hackslash Inc. on Twitter, Hackslash Inc. on Instagram, and Hackslash Inc. on Tumblr right now. Or if you go to HackslashInc.com, that'll direct you to the Tumblr page also. You can follow the podcast on at Goth Girl Horror, the official Hackslash podcast. And we'll be back in a couple weeks with trailers and trailers too. Not sure yet if we're going to do it as two separate episodes or one giant episode, but it'll be joined by a Hackslash cosplayer who is uh, on Twitter as well and uh, look forward to chatting with her about all the individual tiny stories in uh, trailers one and two. Thank you, everybody. Murderous monsters don't stand a chance